I'm very big in the world of the DevOps movement. Our efforts are largely intersectional just because we work in different teams and have slightly different tools that we aim with. We still have the same goals and uniting around those goals and understanding how we can pull together instead of being at odds, we can build a better thing. It'll be more powerful and more interesting and longer lasting. You're listening to Traceroute, a podcast about the inner workings of our digital world. For Equinix, I'm Grace Aresi. As you've probably surmised by now, Traceroute is evolving. But don't worry, we'll continue to explore the physical layers that make up our digital world. But we'll be doing that by investigating potentially the most important layer of all, the human layer of the stack. Now, as I mentioned, I'm going to need a very special team to help me present these stories. Last time, we met Shweta Saraf, who we dubbed the Pioneer, because of her knack for exploring new ideas and making connections between people and technologies. This week, we're going to round out my Starship crew with a navigator, someone who can help steer the ship in directions I might not have thought of myself. I'm Finn Aldrich. I'm a developer advocate at Equinix, which means I get to represent the company I work for to the communities that we want to reach and be a part of. But I also get to represent that community back to the company. And so it gets to be a lot of storytelling and saying like, hey, here's a story we're kind of telling. If you relate to this, we can probably help you out and and ease some pain points and get you where you want to go technology wise. But at the other side, I get to say like, hey, here's what I'm hearing in the community and in the tech world at large. And here are the stories being told. Like, are we in alignment with that? Are we running against that? Like, how is this going to connect with that group? Well, before we get started and we're talking all about technology, I want to talk about colors. All right. Your hair is an exquisite shade of sea foam. It's giving me like under the sea. And (laughs) it's also giving me like a dash of Lisa Frank. I got to ask, what is the name of this color? The main color is absinthe. And a little bit of Guardian, which is like a very bright green, and a little bit of, I think it's aquatic, which is like a darker teal. So I got close with my, like... Yeah, like you're picking up all the right vibes that are are coming out, all the right undertones. I love when that happens in my life. Well, and that leads me to my opening question. What's so bright and beautiful about where your experience comes from? My background is arts and technology and kind of that intersection. I've always been interested in how things work. Like, how does it actually make the thing? And how do I get the results I want rather than just, oh, I kind of like these, but like, why do I like these? And how can I pick more intelligently to like get an effect I want? Um, So I always loved learning how to play music. And then I got into music theory because it was like, well, how do I, you know, affect the way the music comes through? And what can we do to evoke certain emotions, right? And, And doing things in very specific ways to lead to very intentional results. The infrastructure connects with me really well, too. I've always loved all that connective tissue that really allows everything else to go. When I was doing music, as much as I love playing music, I love engineering it as well and running the soundboard and making sure everything comes together, which just creates this space for other people to play in. And you're like, okay, you do your thing and don't worry about it. I'm going to bring it all together. When I get to do events for advocacy, right, and you get to organize things and do things like that, I really enjoy that because it's bringing together all these speakers and an audience and people and and knitting it together in a way that says, okay, you're all going to do what you're really great at and I'm just going to present it and bring it all together and do it all at once and make one beautiful show all, all together. 
when you were talking, I kept imagining you as a conductor. And that's kind of how <laughs> I see your role, you know, this season is I think that bringing together of and some people don't realize how powerful conductors are. They're like, well, that person's up there with that stick, just waving <laughs> it around. But it is guiding and it is world building for the people who are following the conduction. But with that in mind, tell me about season one. Like, did you have an episode you liked or did you think, you know, it's all great and Grace is my favorite? Or did you? <laughs> of course, <laughs> all of no it was pressure. wonderful. Uh, <laughs> right. Networks was the first one that that caught my attention, if only because I'm the weirdo walks around a city and is like, ooh, how does this infrastructure get connected? Like, oh, what's the construction happening here? What are they bringing together? Where are they running things? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Jack Waters actually talked about that in episode three. There are very physical things. There are fibers and switches and routers, and they get interconnected. We wanted to build something from scratch. We had lots of folks who had construction backgrounds. They were the folks that went and dug up the ground and threw conduits in the ground and threw fiber in the conduits and hooked up optical equipment to the fiber and hooked up routers to the optical equipment. That notion of boundaryless communications was something that struck me as, wow, if this really takes hold, it's going to change the way we communicate. Talking about things like the early internet infrastructure of like, running all that early fiber and running all these early interconnects. It's like, I remember this turning point of the early millennium where we went from all dial-up legacy phone networks, tying together multiple phone lines to try and get any sort of like connectivity and speed to suddenly like you could get that speed at home over cable or over DSL or something. And largely thanks to all these fiber networks that started to get built and interconnect and be able to transfer so much more data so much faster. Open source, I think, was the other one that ties into the, the people aspect, right? And talking about hardware and software and that dichotomy and bringing it together is it just connects over and over again with themes of my life. Like, no, our efforts are largely intersectional just because we work in different teams and have slightly different tools that we aim with. We still have the same goals and uniting around those goals and understanding how we can pull together instead of being at odds, we can build a better thing. It'll be more powerful and more interesting and longer lasting. All of my co-hosts this season have talked about this point in particular. It's been interesting because we've all spoken about interconnection and not the product we have at the company, <laughs> but the interconnection of the way that the history of technology has been and the future must be if we're going to build something that is even more inclusive, more adaptive, more welcoming, and also more powerful. We need everyone to join in in order to bring the greatest tools that they've got and to combine them with what we know in order to build the future. And it makes me think, what's our future? Like, what are we going to be talking about in, you know, season two? What do you hope to explore in this season that we're co-hosting together? The human aspect of technology, right, is kind of the overarching theme, I think, that we have for this. And I love that, like the fingerprints that people put on the work that they do. I'm always interested in like, the concepts of Easter eggs or all these little things left behind and really digging into that technical anthropology. Like what are all of these fingerprints and everything that's been left behind over the years as people have built this technology, people have built the internet. And so there's all these little like assembly error codes that get spit out that spell things because it's hexadecimal. So you've got letters and it's like, oh, error, <laughs> yes, dead beef, right? Like it's like, oh, yes. I can 
that's hilarious, <laughs> right? Like it's just yeah. someone thought it was funny at the time. It reminds you like all this technology was built by a bunch of nerds who thought it would be cool if computers could talk. There's so much that digs into that. Like how do you preserve so much of the internet too? Like I think of with my kids who the modern world of like TikToks and these short videos and these memes that come and go and you create your own and they're all rapid fire. And like, I remember when it was like, you had to go to ytmnd.com and your meme was some words <laughs> over a video audio clip, <laughs> yes. right? And the same picture over and over again. I think digital or technical anthropology is such a good way to frame what we're going to talk about. Cause I think you and I are going to be talking about lots the connection, the fingerprint you're saying. I love that imagery because, you know, it's something that you're born with and it's unique to you. And I think that when we work inside of these structures, we do bring something that's unique to us. And I love when we can create together because what's created together is usually really difficult to destroy because everyone has touched it. So I do really enjoy that imagery of fingerprints. And as we kind of like wind it down, I've been encouraging everyone to create their own sign off. I've got my own sign off, so I'm not going to create any more. I've been given a couple that I really <laughs> like, so I'm going to stick with them. But I'm curious if you had to have a sign off, if you had to put yourself in one or two words, a moniker for saying farewell to the people, what would your handle effectively be? It's so stressful. I have no idea what I would come up with. Uh, I um, there's like this. There's an infinite world of possibilities. There's so many words you could possibly use, and I have no idea. Like totally. I want to find the right ones, but I don't know what they are. That's a okay. I am sticking by the conductor for you. I the think conductor. that that is All right. broad, but it's also specific somehow, and it talks about organizing and movement, and it's open to interpretation, dependent on the work that needs to be done. So I think I would stick with the conductor for you. What do you think? It's a good start. I like it. All right. Let's tell the people where they can find us. I am on Twitter, more so a watcher than an active tweeter, but you can find me at Grace Eresi, which is G-R-A-C-E-E-W-U-R-A. E-S-I. I am also on Twitter more than anywhere else, but uh, just about everywhere it's at Crazy, C-R-A-Y-Z-E-I-G-H. And you can also find us on Origins underscore Dev on Twitter. So, you know, hit us up with any of your questions, any of the things you're interested in hearing us talk about, and, you know, just participate in the community with us. Why don't we go ahead and try our sign-offs? I'm Grace Ceresi, the storyteller. AKA the philosopher. And I'm Fen Aldrich, the conductor. Stick around for season two. It's going to be fun. Trace Route is a podcast about the inner workings of our digital world from Equinix, the world's digital infrastructure company. If you'd like to take a deeper dive, check out origins.dev for an up close and personal look at our digital world through a creative lens. You can search Equinix developers on YouTube for developer led live streamed technical content. We also invite you to join our conversation on Twitter by following our account at origins underscore dev. Links are in the show notes. 
Trace Route is a production of Stories Bureau. This episode was produced by Mathar DeLeon and John Taylor. It was edited by Joshua Ramsey with additional editing by Janelle Monique. It was mixed by Jeremy Tuttle and Tim Ballant with music supervision by Gabe Schatz. Our theme song was composed by Ty Gibbons. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate your ratings and reviews. I'm Grace Aressi. Thanks for listening.